deeper. In Jesus' name. God bless. You may be seated today. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, worship team. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will, and go over to go over to Acts, the fifth chapter, Acts, the fifth chapter this morning. As you're turning there, I want to say welcome to everyone. Glad to see you. Those beautiful faces. Amen. And the ugly ones, too. Just kidding. <laughs> As we, before we delve into the Word of God, let me just say that in basic mathematical problems, you have to have two known values in order to understand or come up with a solution to the unknown. If you just have one and, and you're trying to figure it out, it's, it's, you're not gonna, it's not gonna happen. You gotta have two knowns. Our challenge today is that we have three unknowns. We don't know God, we don't know ourselves, and we have a hard time with the end product. Now, I know I probably offended half of you in here, and the other half, hold on, I'll get to you in a minute. But the Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the minds, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doing. That word desperately wicked means desperately wicked. It means to be frail, to be weak, to be feeble, to be sick, to be very sick, to be incurable. It means to be melancholy and woeful, desperately, desperately, desperately wicked. Deceitful. It means insidious, slippery, fraudulent, crooked, and polluted. To deceive is to mislead by false appearance. And my concern is that because we haven't known God, our hearts have cast him in a role as an evil being after all of our stuff and that he really doesn't like us and he punished his son Jesus Christ because he tolerates us and we we live in this mindset that God is against us when his word declares plainly that he is for us and that God the father so loved you that he gave his son so that you may enter into an adopted life with him not to remain in the grave but rise again with him on that third day and live a life of resurrected power amen and so I believe as we continue on our journey we're going to discover first off who God is He's a God of love. He's a God of mercy. He's a God who is not duplicit in his behavior. He doesn't change with, he is not melancholy or woeful. He is not afraid. In fact, right now, as you're sitting there, there is nothing happening in the world that's caused him to enter in to any measure of angst. He's not in need of a counselor. Though I believe heavily in counseling, I believe that a person that is going through a journey, they need to sit down and talk to someone. I believe in counseling, but the God the Father does not need a counselor. He does not need anybody to walk him through his difficulties. 
He didn't wake up afraid. He's not fretting right now, nor will he go to bed afraid. He will not even sleep because he needs no sleep. He needs no rest. He is rest. So hear me today. This is the beautiful thing about living as a child of God. If we do not discover that we are complete in Christ, then we're not going to live to the fullness that God has called us to be, live in. Amen? So he's called us. So if the Lord is not afraid... We don't have to be afraid if the Lord is not fretting we don't need to fret amen so with that premise I want you to go now to Acts the fifth chapter there was a statement that I heard this week that just gripped my heart and I just want to expound upon that that statement that was made and I believe it's gonna it's gonna lend to and it's gonna speak to you right now Hopefully that will encourage you and strengthen you as we move forward. Acts, the fifth chapter. Lord, I pray the anointing, the blessing, the empowering of your spirit today. Every heart, every home, everyone listening in, everyone sitting in, Lord, will hear your voice today in Jesus' name. I want you to look here in Acts, the fifth chapter, the 11th verse. And let me just say, as the spirit of the Lord was poured out upon uh, the day of Pentecost and the church began to grow and people began to enter in, there was a gentleman by the name of Barnabas who sold a piece of property, gave everything to the disciples, gave everything in the church, and, and then there was Ananias and Sapphira, and they wanted the praise and the approval that uh, he had received, and so uh, they went and sold some property, but they held back some, and the end result was the fact that they lied to the Holy Spirit, and uh, Peter we always talk about the power of God in the house of God. Peter said, uh, um, Ananias, uh, did you lie about this? And he said, no, I didn't lie. He said, you're not lying to me. You're lying to the Holy Ghost. And the fact is he fell over dead. So when we start praying about the power of God, we've got to get ready. Amen? Come to the altar, lie to the Holy Ghost, fall down dead, we'll drag you out. Amen? That ought to build this house up full to overflowing, right? Go to crossroads where God will kill you. <laughs> his wife shows up she says the same thing Peter said you know did you lie about this and no 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 we, we this is honest truth bam wrong well the ones that carried your husband out and buried him they're here to pick you up so there they are had the had the the car parked up front and the caskets ready and out the door they went so this is the premise of what's taking place and so as you look here in verse 11 it says a great fear came upon all the church rightly so and upon all who heard these things, these things being Ananias and Sapphira, and through the hands of the apostles, notice this, many signs and wonders were done among the people. They were all with one accord. If that's not underlined in your Bible, I want you to underline that. Everywhere that it says pertaining to the church, one accord, I want you to underline that, and I'll tell you why in just a little bit. One accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of these rest dared join them but the people esteemed them highly and believers were increasingly added to the church multitudes of both men and women notice the church is growing verse 15 so that they brought the sick out into the streets laid them on the beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them 
also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were, they were all, say that with me, all healed. Now, another translation says in verse 15 this, in fact, when the people knew Peter was going to walk by, they carried the sick out to the streets and laid them down on cots and mats, knowing that the incredible power emulating, emulating, or emulating from him would overshadow them and heal them. So, this is the scene. They're gathered in Solomon's porch and then they leave there and they're walking through the streets. Signs and wonders are following them. People that could not press in to get close to Peter. Those, in fact, that could not make the journey on their own had to be carried. And in there, when he talks about the streets, he's talking about every street that they anticipated Peter walking down, not just a single street. But they thought at least if his shadow would, would fall over us, if his shadow as he walked by, their point of faith, no power in the shadow, but if their point of faith was, is if I could at least get the shadow. They had such confidence in Peter and the Spirit of God within him and the power of God that rested upon him that they believed that they could just get into the very shadow. If it would just brush by me, I couldn't walk in here, but I'm going to walk away from here. I couldn't make this journey on my own, but I'm going to begin to move out from this point. If I could just have that shadow brush over me, I'll be healed. That was their point of faith. Is it so far-fetched that we believe when Jesus said, greater works shall you do because I go to my Father? Amen. Whenever the lady with the issue of blood came up and she said, my point of faith, if I could just touch the hem. Where's the hem of that garment? It's down low. And she got low as she reached up. She touched the hem of his garment in the midst of a crowd of people pressing in as he is on his way to heal a ruler's daughter. And now virtue left him and went into her and brought healing to her. And he stopped the crowd and said, who touched me? And now the disciples are like, he has lost his mind. What does he mean who touched me? Everybody's touching him. This whole back section, Jesus, has touched you. She was made whole. Greater work shall you do because I go to the Father. Not in quality, but quantity. What did, what did the Apostle Paul, they took portions of his garment, his napkins, and he preached with them, and he cut them up and sent them on their way, laid them under a pillow of a backslidden husband. Wait a minute. I've heard these stories over and over. 
His dreams are now about the eternity and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And here, this is the point of faith. Just take uh, this right here. And, and because of the power of Jesus Christ, you can, we can believe, we can hold, we can hold at this. And all of a sudden, the miracle signs and wonders begin to follow. Let me tell you, Jesus is not jealous uh, if greater works happen through you. He's not fretful. He's not the elder son. Uh, he is, in fact, uh, the elder son in that story that Andrea shared, uh, that's actually the middle child because Jesus is the elder brother. He's the one telling the story. You know what middle children are, which I am one? They're jaded babies. Jaded babies. They're mad they're not babies anymore. That went over like a lead balloon. But here, the, uh, because a middle child is always worried about what, to, what they're going to miss out on and what they're going to lose out on. Let me tell you, if you win, the Father wins. I believe God is going to release a healing and an anointing and an evangelistic spirit on the top of you. And you're going to go out and do exploits. And we're going to celebrate with you. And you're going to do it better than I ever thought could happen. But here we see, and this is the statement that got a hold of me. And this is where I want to go today. Whatever, let me just read it so I don't mess it up entirely. Your shadow, think about it, your shadow will always release whatever overshadows you. Your shadow will always release whatever overshadows you. Now we see this in the positive side with Peter and we don't quite understand it. But just a few short chapters, if we go back, where was Peter found when Jesus rose from the, rose from the grave and he walked upon the earth? And yes, Peter ran to the tomb, but then all of a sudden they're gathered up in a, in a room. They got the doors locked and they are, they are filled with fear. And so because that fear overshadowed them, are you getting it now? The fear overshadowed them. That was what was released on all of them. They walked in a place in a state of fear. Let me tell you, when somebody loses a loved one and it's dear to them, there's never been a, a time whenever you go to a funeral setting and that person you know did not make it into heaven. There is a grief that just overshadows that entire environment because their hearts are broken. Their, 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 their spirits are, it's just overshadowing them. And there's no fault in that. It's what you naturally feel in that situation. Let me tell you, I've been overshadowed with some things uh, that was released, uh, unfortunately, into other people's lives uh, that I regret. Uh, but let me say to you today, when we are children of the living God, uh, there shall be an overshadowing uh, that will cause a release of healing uh, in the lives of others. Uh, if we will walk under the shadow of the Most High God uh, and dwell in the secret place of the Lord, uh, we will discover there is a release of the anointing of the Spirit of God that will change the atmosphere of the home, of the city, and of the world. My shadow, your shadow, will release 
whatever overshadows you. Do you see that? Peter was overshadowed by the Son, Jesus Christ. He walked under the canopy of the glory of God. And as a result of that, there, was pe there were people that were so confident in the power of Jesus through Peter's life that they would lay their sick. They would empty out their hospitals. They would go get grandma from, the, from her bed. They would go get grandpa. They would go get a, a niece and nephew, nephews, and they would just lay them in the street in hopes that the very shadow that overshadowed Peter would pass by to bring healing to their bodies. I prophesy to you today, I believe the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in these last days are going to be so overshadowed by the glory of the King of kings and the Lord of lords that your very shadow that's cast over will cause healing to be brought into people's lives there'll be tormented spirits that'll run because you walked into the room there will be demoniacs that cannot stand to be in the same place as the room of Christ and people will be changed but I want you to hear this and understand it we begin to comprehend who God is and where he lives where he has taken his abode and we understand see that word there in in Psalms 91 and 1 he who dwells dwells in the secret place of the Most High you know what the root meaning of that word is it's interesting it's set to stay to rest but it also means this to be inhabited to be inhabited what are you saying, preacher? Are you possessed? Yes, I'm a host of the Holy Ghost. Life has entered into me, but more importantly, I have entered into life. Glory, the, the gate of heaven is the house of God. It's not a physical brick and mortar. The gate of heaven is the house of God. It is the, is the very notion. See, we see, we see outward uh, the world that is around us, uh, but what we need to begin to realize uh, is we're going to need to take a step back a little bit further because beyond the veil uh, is the glorious resources of heaven, uh, and you can see through heaven's portal, and you can understand uh, that heaven will flow through you uh, and bring life to others. Uh, oh, you are talking some mystical, magical thing, preacher, that I don't think I can comprehend. You may not be able to comprehend it, but rest assured, Jesus Christ has intended for you to be overshadowed, not by fear. I believe there's some folks in here who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. You are tired of watching loved ones be lost to every manner of disease. There are wives in here that are saying, I am sick and tired of this cancer that has affected my husband. I am sick and tired of the, the crippledness in my bones that doesn't allow me to move. I believe that in this house, the enemy has poked too long and too hard. And now there's a body of believers that say, look, if we're going to finish, let's finish strong. Let's finish with knowing who we are in Christ. Christ. Stop living in this melancholy, woeful attitude and hunkering down, waiting on the end to come. I believe it's time that we not only bombard heaven with prayer, but we need to storm the gates of hell and say, I will not give up my children. No more. Overshadow, overshadow.
That word is used three times. Three times. Exclusively expressing the overshadowing of an almighty God. It was not a natural shadow that was created by the light of the lowercase s-u-n. But it was a supernatural overshadowing of God's power coming upon the sick to heal them. Three times in scripture that word in the Greek here that we just mentioned for Peter's shadow was overshadowing healing was coming. When we step under the canopy of Christ and we walk under the, um, the, the shadow of the Father's love we begin to understand who he is in us then we begin to walk out and we begin to see the healing touch of God I believe there are those in your family that need what you have to offer and it's the blessed touch of God in your life but we also see that this word was used whenever the angel Gabriel showed up and made a declaration to Mary and the Bible tells us this it tells us this and the angel answered and said to her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God what happens church when the church is overshadowed by the glory the love and the grace of God healing salvation salvation sozo field delivered saved set free overshadow he who dwells in the secret place in his heart who is inhabited by God shall dwell he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty be overshadowed by the Almighty and folks when we start living under a canopy not of a, of a political party not of a social endeavor not of any other program or means when we walk according to yes we are assembly of God and we will be a of God as long as the assembly of God follow after God but when the assembly of God stop following after God I'm still following after and I'm not saying they are but I'm saying uh, folks we are under the canopy of Christ and as we walk and as we talk and as we express we're bringing hope and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ that now what you were you don't have to remain that way God can bring you up out of that overshadow brings the life of Christ one other time that this word was used in the Greek in the New Testament and that was when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration <laughs> three times the first was the healing as we see in Peter that we mentioned then at the time of his birth which brings forth the life of God and now they are there upon the Mount of Transfiguration and now after six days Jesus took Peter James and John and this is in Matthew 17 1 through 8 and his brother and led them up to a high mountain by themselves and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. Peter said to them, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, you want us to make some tabernacles? While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud 
overshadowed them and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud this is my son in whom I am well pleased hear him hear him let me tell you when we begin to understand we are accepted in the beloved when we are accepted in the beloved I don't have time to go into it but would you stop living a life of rejection and you start living a life of acceptance and you're accepted in the beloved and you understand that there's nothing you could ever do in your physical man in your reasoning skills in order to accomplish the the salvation plan that God has in place and this there's there's no magic to it there was a sacrifice to it and when Jesus Christ died he died for you but when he rose he rose with you and when he rose he went to the right hand of the father and now he evermore lives to intercede on your behalf your name is being called out to the father God loves you and it was the father's plan that was put in place and when we understand that he did all of this as we sang the song he did all of this for you and for me and God genuinely and emphatically and radically loves you with all that is within him he is love and he loves you not to leave you in a sin sick state not to leave you in that self-destructive behavior but he has called you out of that darkness to live in his light of his love and his mercy see when that overshadows you you hear me when that overshadows you healings will begin to take place when that overshadows you when you understand who you are in Christ and Christ in you you'll begin to see this church begin to fill up with people hungry for God because God will say now I can trust you with my harvest and now that overshadowing will release the life of God and it'll bring forth transformation. I am not the same old cursed cuss that I used to be. I may be not as good as I should be, but I'm getting there by the Holy Spirit. Amen? As you walk in God. Now, what I want you to see here. See, my, my spirit, my, my shadow, I should say, my shadow will release what overshadows me it doesn't mean that we're not going to have some challenges along the way it doesn't mean that we're we're not going to have some bad days it doesn't mean that grief is not going to knock at our door it doesn't mean that sickness may not try to tackle us pull us down but you know, if there's enough of us together in agreement, that shadow could overshadow, help kind of help folks along, amen? I just kind of thinking about the shadow. When's the shadow the longest? When the sun begins to set. Let me tell you, the sun is about to set on this present age. We need a shadow that's going to cast a long way in order to reach the unreachable. But as we look here, we see, if I've got time, yeah, i got time. I'm thinking, oh man, I thought we were done. Now, notice there he says one accord. 
one accord. As we see one accord, we see this word that has a, a rich, deep meaning. And I believe this is where the Lord is leading the body of Christ. I read this little thing I thought was comical, but to dwell above with the saints we love, oh, that will be glory. But to dwell below with saints we know, well, that's another story. To dwell above with the saints we love, man, that will be glory. But to dwell below with the saints we know, now that is another story. So as you look at this, sometimes it's challenging to, to, to live in that place of, of, of unity, of one accord in one mind. But we see here that word, uh, one accord there, it, it, uh, I'm not going to take the moment to try to abuse the Greek language. I'll stick with abusing the English language. But in there, that word, one accord, has it, it refers to unity, but it means to be one mind, and one passion one mind and one passion one mind and one passion could you imagine if the body of Christ at crossroads we can't dictate what other people are gonna do down the street but just imagine with me if you will let your let your imagination just begin to stir up and begin to move in a direction what would happen in this house if we walked in with one mind and one passion. With one mind and one, one passion between us, which is every bit conceivable, which is every bit probable, if we will trust in the very nature of the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. See, because it's not my power, it's not Peter's power, it's not uh, Paul's power, it's not your power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And when he begins to flow and people see that flow, maybe they'll begin to say, well, if I could just drive by the church, I'll be healed. Maybe if I just see that Christian that goes there, I could be delivered. I could be set free if I could just get in the room with them. I don't know how it may transpire, but I do believe it will. Amen? Jazzing for a moment, if we stop leaning and trusting and relying upon ourselves uh, and start seeking after the Lord and say, God, uh, the mind that I need is the mind of Christ, who made for himself no reputation, but took upon the form of a servant and became obedient unto the point of death. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this theological twist at you again because I brought it up Easter. You know, if Jesus walked on the water as God, that was miraculous, was it not? But it leaves me out. If Jesus healed bodies because he is God, that doesn't give us much, much room for improvement. But Jesus was born of a virgin womb. He was born a man. Son of man. Son of man. He walked the earth. See, that scripture there kind of twists us up, making him no reputation. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In other words, he did not draw upon his divinity as he walked on earth. He walked as a human being with divine nature. He died a human. 
Pilate, he said, if you were king, he said, you don't understand. I could call down legions of angels. I could speak a word in my, because I am God. I am God the Son. I could speak a word in every person ever brought into the world. They could be dust in the air. Think about it. But see, he died human because humanity failed. And we can believe that Jesus was born human, lived human, died human. But what we fail to realize is that he rose human. Why is that important? Because Paul tells us in Corinthians, if we have hope in this life, we are all men most miserable. If there is no resurrection of the fallen man, then we have no hope in the first person who raised glorified in human flesh was Jesus. Now, we won't look like we look now necessarily. There's going to be some, some, some things that, that we don't comprehend just yet. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ rose human and he is human. Now, the theological struggle that I've had with that is feeling like I have diminished God to this human form. And the Lord has instructed me. I'm not, don't worry about uh, whether or not uh, you are diminishing me as a human because I'm not worried about it. But this is the way you need to look at it. I have lifted, you didn't pull me down, I brought you up. You're quiet because you're thinking. It's Ephesians 1. Come on, guys. But it's something we don't think about. Why is it important? Because if Jesus did it on earth as a man, then we have the availability to do it ourselves as human beings. Because if he was divine and he walked divine, and yes, that divine nature, he didn't come to destroy the, uh, the flesh, but the sin in the flesh. To offer himself a perfect sacrifice. I know it's perplexing. I've struggled with it and wrestled with it. Some of you are like, well, that sounds good to me. The others are like, I don't know. I've got to think about this. But let me say to you, if we could comprehend what Christ has done, now we can understand that we can walk as he walked. And we can be overshadowed as he was overshadowed. And life can come forth because Jesus Christ did it ahead of us. Now, as we look at that, we need to begin to understand that if we would have his mind, see, it's not your mind, it's his mind. It's the mind of the Spirit. If we will walk in the mind of the Spirit, and if we will have one passion, one accord means to be in one mind and one passion. And I don't need political mind. I don't need preferential mind. I don't need a, 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 a banner of, of, of 
any nation's mind. What I need is the mind of Christ. I need to esteem the needs of others more than my own. And there's a world outside these walls, and they have such need of the goodness and the hope. There are those that are living in religions where they've got to bring the sacrifice, and it's never enough. Let me tell you why Christianity is the cause in which God desires for us to express and the gospel message of Jesus Christ because there's no other religion in the world where God himself comes and offers his own sacrifice and then says now I'm going to live inside of you and I'm going to fulfill all the righteous requirements that I have asked for because you can't do it now that nature is in us I want this church to be overshadowed, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit that says and expressed to us, you are loved of the Father, you are empowered by the Spirit, and you are forgiven by the sacrifice. Now, if you're sitting out there right now and you're wondering once again, let me, let me throw something else at you. Did God make man perfectly innocent? place him in the garden did God make man in his image did God give man a choice what if man would have chosen the tree of life he lived forever why did the angel why did they stand and guard the garden of Eden because man chose rather to step outside the authority of God, chose the knowledge of tr the tree of good and evil, and now became a sensual person who only is driven by their senses in their natural world, and they were elevated in their mind to be as God. So now they want to do what they want to do when they want to do it and they really are resistant toward the authority of God and the angels by the mercy of the Lord guarded the garden and said you cannot let them stay in this garden because if they eat of that tree of life they will remain in that sin sick condition for all of eternity so now the plan which was not plan A but plan B Jesus had to come and he had to die in order to bring us into adoption as children but let me tell you the adoption was there from the very beginning and God intended for you to be in relationship for all of eternity with him but man chose death not God man chose the means and now we live in this place that has fallen makes a little more clarity a little more sense doesn't it See, man chose death, not God. And God said, I'm going to give you a, a tree that the only fruit you'll see is my son. And if you'll partake of that, of his death, then you will have eternal life. See, my shadow will release whatever overshadows me. In my home growing up, my mother and father both suffered from depression 
So what overshadowed my home and what was released from them was depression. But I say to you today, you may be suffering in that area, but there is an overshadowing of the power of God that can bring healing to your life. There are those of you that are walking in such rejection and regret. There are those of you that still rewind the day that you committed that abortion. I say to you, there is healing now for you, extended to you. There are those of you that are living in regret because of the pain that you have brought to your family. There are fathers that are living in a place and you're so overwhelmed because of the failure that you had in your life and you think God can't forgive you and you think there's no way out of it. There are mothers that are grieving now because of their behavior that they exhibited before they understood Christ. And now you're estranged from your children and you're thinking it's all my fault, it's all my fault. Let me tell you, there's an overshadowing forgiveness of God that is in this house today and the Lord is reaching his hand to you and saying you are delivered you are set free not yesterday not the day before but 2,000 years ago everything was accomplished so that you can live in the likeness of the image and be overshadowed by the goodness of God and you can declare to the world I am free I am free I am free and truly mean it inside of your soul to know that I am free in God because Jesus Christ lived and did everything I couldn't do to bring me into adoptive relationship why is it important to understand that Jesus is every bit God but he's every bit human it clarifies to me that God wants a relationship with me he wants a relationship with you father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we love you and we thank you we love you and we thank you. Today, as the worship team makes their way up, we're going to do something in this house. As I've told you and we have committed, if you've got sickness in your body, in just a moment we're going to pray for you. And we're going to give place. We're going to give place for healing. I cannot even for a moment begin to tell you that I've got it all figured out. I certainly don't. But what I do know is this. God heals in so many different denominations and so many different churches. He does. Some have formulas, some have methods, some do it quietly, some yell out loud, some, who knows. It just, but what I have found out is that God's desire is to heal. God's desire is to heal. If the Lord wants to bring healing to this house, and you're more likely to get healed by being prayed for than not. But right now, if you're in this house and as you're standing to your feet, You're in this place right now. You're not in relationship with God. You're not in relationship with the Lord. You're not living in a place. You're the prodigal Andrea talked about. You're the one that has gone and blown your inheritance and you're living in a sin. You say, I'm tired of it. I want Jesus. I want Jesus today. I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want to enter into life with Jesus. 
If that's you, I want to meet you right down here, right up front. I want you to wait.